0: Welcome to the Break Plateau show. Where the life experience of others helps you break plateaus in your health, health wealth, wealth, and relationships. And relationships. Here's your host, Ty.
1: Okay, guys. I am absolutely pumped. For today's episode because we have my man Mark England on the show. I'm going to give you a bit of a rundown about him before we get into the juice of this podcast. So Mark is an MMA fighter that has turned into a language geek. Yes, a language geek. Now, Mark England is a TEDx speaker and co-founder and head coach of Enlifted. Mark has been researching, coaching and presenting the power of words and stories for the past 14 years. He holds a master's degree in education and was an elementary school sports teacher before getting into personal development. Now guys, really plug into this one because the words that we use really do shape our identity and I'll let Mark really get into this one but... Before we get into this, there is a couple of slight glitches in the audio due to his country internet and also my bush internet, so apologies for any of the slight glitches throughout. However, this is an absolute banger of an episode and I can't wait to share this with you all. All right, all right. Welcome back to the Break Plateaus show and today we've got my man Mark England on the show. Welcome, man.
0: Hey Ty, what's going on, man? Thanks
1: oh, for having me. No worries at all. So, bit a bit of a um, couple of weeks in in process to get you on, which I'm really appreciative of your time. And just for the listeners, because most of my listeners are Australian, and you're actually the first American that I've had on the show, which is which is pretty cool. So, you're in Virginia, right?
0: I, I am in Virginia, and and. Uh, I will if 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 you want me to, I'll, I'll I'll turn up the the volume on my southern drawl to make it to make it extra novel yeah, for you absolutely. all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> do, just for the listeners, do you want to give us a bit of a, a background on who you are and um, yeah, kind of what got you to where you are today? Because I'm I'm pretty excited about today's show, and it's and I'll I'll let you talk about it. Yeah,
0: but happy to. Uh, I am the. Professionally, I am the co-founder and head coach of Enlifted, um, which is a, an education company, a training company that helps people learn more about how their language influences them for better and for worse. So we're going to talk a lot about language. It's because it's the only thing I talk about on podcasts and things. Um, when I refer to language, everybody, I'm talking about our internal dialogue and our external dialogue, what we think, what we say, and what we write. And I've been doing this full time, somewhere between full time and overtime the whole time for the past 14 years. Um, and before that, I was an elementary school sports teacher, taught little kids how to, how to catch frisbees and play dodgeball and, and swims, great gig. All the fun uh, stuff. So I come oh man so much fun it took me literally 10 minutes to write the the curriculum for each semester it was just what do I want to play and where and then it's just it was yeah so so I I approach all of these conversations uh, all these podcasts it's 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 all class because most people's education about their language again internal and external dialogue about their language it comes down to spelling grammar and definitions. And, and turns out there's a little bit more to it than spelling grammar and definitions. What do I mean by that? There's, there's more to our words. Uh, there, there's a whole personal side of the conversations. How does our language, did you tie by any chance, have any, any classes in school about how to use your language to uh, uh, build up your self image <laughs> in your imagination?
1: Yeah, yeah, we, d- we didn't really have any of those um, subjects in Australia, not w- whatsoever.
0: Myself either. You know, <laughs> I came up in the public school system uh, and I've got a degree in education. I didn't have one course class or even conversation on either side of that fence on how to use my language, my words, to stay focused on what's important, to keep the drama low and, and to build myself up as the way I see myself, the way I feel about myself um and 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 when we do learn more about what words to use more of and why, what words to use less of and why, then this conversation, this very important conversation about mindset, which is a great thing to talk about you know' it's yeah. mindset, mindset let's talk you know, you know got to build a mind create a mindset without the words that's the rubber meets the where the rubber meets the road without the words then mindset is this big picture thing that i know i need to get better at but how do i do it and then there's her over there she looks so confident and i'm over here whoops would have been nice yeah so the past 14 years of my professional life have been exclusively dedicated to researching coaching and presenting about the power of our words the power of our words and the power of our stories and how they build our identities in certain ways whether we like it or not
1: yeah amazing amazing and what sort of like intrigued you to get into like language like what what sort of sparked your interest in this sort of field because it's not a obviously it's not a very common thing to be diving into especially if we don't have any curriculums around it
0: yeah it's um it's 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 very new territory turns out there are not many language focused um uh, uh, education companies out there and this is this we have a number of bars we're closing in on our our, our 200th certified coach um we have a number of teachers that are working diligently to bring this into the curriculum for for, for kids what, what got me into it ty was just a a, a a somewhere between need and desperation so i thought i was a tough guy mm. back, back in the day i wrestled in high school and took my first jujitsu class in 1996 and and trained trained in kickboxing and and was fighting mma back before it was called mma um back when it was weird people it it did not have the same um notoriety that it that it does now um it was a lot of judgment around it it was illegal in some states um it was called human cockfighting yeah right and oh yeah yeah it was it was uh, things are different now uh making a, a living doing it back then um and my friends were, were getting their black belts and going pro and open up schools. And I, I was like, I'm going to go pro too. I'd had what, 11, uh, amateur fights. And, and, uh, so I moved over to Thailand. That was the, the deal. I was going to go over there for a year and, um, polish up my Thai boxing skills and come back. And that didn't happen. I went over there and my knee fell off for the second time. I had my knee, second knee surgery and you know it's one of those moments that you know gets seared into your consciousness you just re- one of those things you remember something somebody said to you, you remember it forever the doctor said Ty tie doctor said he goes uh your career as a fighter mm-hmm. is over you could become a very good swimmer <laughs> and so i'm picturing i mean me at 26 going from you know this rock'em sock'em lifestyle uh, to and I I pictured myself swimming laps next to grandpa at a pool and I'm like that sounds like a fate worse than death bro <laughs> say that of course but that's what I was thinking and um, and then and darkness descended yeah. and I didn't laugh for a year man I had because I used that experience as definitive proof That my greatest fears about myself were true—that there's something wrong with me, I'm not good enough, and Mm -hmm. I'm somehow doomed to fail. This was never going to work because there's some—I'm just doomed to fail. And you tried and you fucked up,
1: yeah. Okay, because
0: because because you were going to because you are a fuck up, and that story got entrenched so heavily in in me. I didn't laugh for it. I didn't smile. I don't remember authentically smiling for or definitely not, definitely not laughing for an entire year until I looked, Yo, dude, it was, it's such a, that's, that's a really spooky. That's a good word to describe. It's a spooky experience, um, not to be able to, to get your face into position to to even smart, like interact, it, it, it really it wrecked. I went over there with my girlfriend, God bless her, she hung out for as long as she could waiting for me to come back to the old version that that didn't happen. And so eventually I said, dude, are you going to be 55 years old complaining about this? Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna, are you gonna let that happen? And I'm glad I had that little conversation. Because that was right around the same time that I went down to a cleansing resort. I was living in Bangkok. I Went down to an island called Koh Samui in Thailand.
1: I like that place. And
0: uh, and I went and and I did a yeah. I, I was I was thinking to myself. He's he, he might he might have been there. It's a lot. It's a lot closer to for for Aussies than it is for Yanks. Um,
1: I must admit I wasn't really there for the for the cleansing side of things uh, that was in my yeah I think I was 21 when I went there and it was more for the intoxicating uh, side of Koh Samui but yeah
0: oh yeah that's what Samoy's known for there's yeah. this is uh for sure did, did you go over to Copenhagen full moon party
1: yeah absolutely
0: of course you did talk about a circus absolutely uh <laughs> um there was a there's a Amongst all the chaos of Kosamoy, there's there was this one little spot called the Spa. Mm-hmm. And they were doing cleanses, like, like detoxes, not off substances or anything, just from you know your your life and eating. And you go down there, it's a great gig. You pay to not eat. And um and there's a bunch of people there doing it too. It was right in the heyday when this thing was was just was kicking off. It was a real scene. And I had uh, I came away feeling a little bit better and knowing that i could this is something that i can if i do something different i'm going to get something different and so i kept going down there and one night i went to an emotional detoxification seminar it was my third time down to this place and i met a man who had become my mentor in this work barry musgrave and he was doing a workshop on emotional detoxification you know what he talked about words, stories, identities. And, 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 and then he asked, he goes, is there anybody who's struggling with a story? And this woman shot her hand up immediately. And she, and it was a bad breakup, a legit, a legit stinger. Um, she told the story of her and her friends going to the beach, getting a house, going to the beach, her and her boyfriend, her boyfriend and all his friends, they get a house right next to him, Okay. At the beach, alcohol fueled chaos. And one night he hooks up with her best friend in front of everybody and then dumps her the next night in front of everybody. Ouch. She's still upset about it. Four years later. And, and So she told the story the whole way through at the end, did it three times. The first time through at the end, she was angry and crying. Okay. Then the guy, the facilitator, Barry had her tell the same story again, except this time when she got to the middle, he changed some of the words and it loosened the whole thing up. And then the third time through, when she got to the one statement, this changed my life. In an instant, when she got to the one statement or changed the trajectory of my life, she got to the one sentence that was holding this whole thing in place, which was, he did that to me. Uh. He did that to me. Look at the words, folks. I'm gonna say it one more time. He did that to me. And because two plus two equals four those words created a victim-villain to picture in her mind. He's in the picture. She's in the picture. He's doing something to her. She's the, the, the unwilling recipient. Ouch. He had her take out the me at the end of the statement and put in himself. So the sentence turned into, he did that to himself. And she said it like a question the first time because it was so radical. Of a different way to tell the story than what she had been telling. He did, he did that to me. He he did. You could hear her talking herself into this new story. He he did. He, he did that to himself. He he did. He did do that to himself. Huh? And then she took a sigh of relief, get her out of the stress response. Well, you know, it was uh, the guy was actually pretty weird. It wasn't going to work out anyway. And it went from personal to impersonal with the changing of one word. And I saw that and I said, that's not my story, but that's my story. And I got up from that workshop, went to the internet cafe when there were such things, and downloaded uh, an 80-page manual about how to do this work on yourself. And that was 17 years ago. I studied relentlessly for 3 years moved back down to that same spot January 17th 2007 put my poster up and that was the day I started this work
1: amazing what a story to get to get to get around to that there and it it really is amazing like that's brought up a little bit for me like that story right there and just before this podcast we were talking about how I used to be a bodybuilder and that was like a massive struggle because that was like a strong identity for me at that point in time in my life like I was the bodybuilder I was the bodybuilder coach in the Gold Coast for quite some time like that that was Mm. me right and when I made that decision to you know what I'm going to hang up those shiny jocks not going to put on that fake tan and jump up on stage in some shiny lights in front of a heap of people and flex anymore it's (laughs) now time for me to look after my health and you know, really focus on that. And then I just went from, you know what, a bodybuilder that's taking performance-enhancing drugs to I'm going to be a naturopath. Like that is a completely different shift. And that was, and I'll be honest, like that was a real struggle for me at the point in time like because I had to change my identity and that all came with the words. And a lot of that imposter syndrome did come up for me because I, I can still remember it to this day, the first day that I walked into university and it was at a natural health college, right? So I'm walking in there, like I'd lost a bit of weight at this point in time, but, you know, I'm, I'm mid 90 kilos, still pretty jacked, like still look like a bodybuilder, but I'm walking into a natural health school where everyone else looks like hippies and, and 90% of the school is, is is females, right? So like stuck out like yep. a sore, sore thumb, right? And I walked into my first class and there's 56 students, not a single male in there except for myself. <laughs> and I was just like, well, damn, I feel out of place right now. And it was just, it, it was a process to rewire myself to be like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is who I'm going to be now. So I, I, I can definitely feel that transition in, you know, the way that you speak to yourself is, yeah, it's, it, it changes your identity really, doesn't it?
0: It absolutely does. Um, and the, the current definition, we do this, you, you mentioned the TED talk earlier, yeah. we do this on stage, uh, the current definition of identity is the fact of being who or what a person is, and a, a dispelled, which means to cast out, dispelled that uh, false definition on stage in front of 1,800 people. It's it's quite easy to do. I said, raise your hand if you see yourself differently in any way now than when you were five. And it's such a ridiculous thing for people to think of. Everybody starts laughing. And and so look at that definition, folks. The fact of being who a person is. No, guess what? Our identity is an Ongoing process. It's an ongoing, fluid, flexible process. And we participate. That's the thing. We participate in that ongoing, fluid, flexible process, as in the story we tell ourselves about ourselves with our words. And a lot of times, people's words, their language is working against them and they don't even know it because mm. it's so close to home. It's the easiest thing in the world to overlook. Yeah. It's right between our ears, thoughts, right under our nose, what we say, and then right, 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 at, right at our fingertips, yeah. it's what we type, what we text. And our language is to say that it's constant is, a, is an understatement, more like relentless. Yeah. And most of the time, that, that's take out the most of the time. It's the, the last thing you clock recognize as you go to sleep is the voice in your head okay yeah. and it's the first thing that that you wake up to in the morning Right, like you you're 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 coming out of sleep and then all of a sudden the story kicks in and there it is and then you open your eyes and then you're up and out of bed and then i mean and then it's just that it's just running the whole day
1: yeah yeah it's, it's like what are those stories that you're telling yourself before you go to bed and when you first wake up is the way that you're going to act throughout throughout each and every day. And when I did listen to that podcast, it was, I think it must have been, you know, not the podcast, sorry, the TED Talk, I think it was two years into my uni degree and it really clicked for me when you said that it's a process. And, like, I was going through that process at that point in time and it felt pretty hard because I was like, am I a naturopath, like, I, I'm not your stereotypical naturopath whatsoever. Like, I've got a, 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 an armful of tattoos. I'm ja- at the time, I was jacked. It's just, yeah, that's the okay, tattoos. Um, and then it's just like, do I fit into this position? But then I was like, you know what, I do. And then I've just transitioned into a point in time now where that's all I focus on is doing health consultations with people and, and helping them out throughout that process. But one of the things as well, like throughout my coaching practice, because before I was went to university, I was just purely personal training and it was all around body composition and, and the bodybuilding style of stuff, right? And one thing I did have to learn is, or I came to realize it wasn't just about giving someone a training program and a nutrition program to follow, because like if they can't stick to that because of the language or the way that they're talking to themselves. They're not going to get any results whatsoever. So it's been a bit of a process for me learning off different coaches and whatnot in the mindset or the mind flexibility, I like to talk to call it, because you can adapt. I feel like mindset, it's, a, it's pretty rigid to be, you know, mindset is just that. So I like to t- call it mind flexibility. So our ability to adapt to our environment. So it it was definitely a process and a learning curve for myself, not just to give someone a training and a nutrition program to follow to get a result, but also having that coach client relationship so that you can have good communication with someone so that you can break down those limiting beliefs as well.
0: It's the, I I like that. I like that, that, that word angle. Yes. Set, set in stone mindset in stone sometimes it can feel like that mm. it really can especially the, the the more strongly we emotionalize over a over a story you know our our sentences we we can we can quite easily turn them into you know life sentences or or prison sentences you know
1: it's weird yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that hits home hits home a bit there right and Something for me recently that I've noticed, like and when I knew that I was gonna be jumping on a podcast with you is something that's that I've been telling myself quite a bit is like I also run a marketing agency as well, just on the on the back end. I don't speak about it too much or, or show about it too much. Um, but it's something that I have been telling myself is when I get this or when I do this, I'll do that. But it I always keep putting things in the way of that. So once I achieve this next bit, like get this amount of leads yeah. for this client and then I'll go and just focus on my coaching and whatnot. And I, I guess I've come to realize that I keep putting things in front of me so that I can't go and get the thing that I really want. And, and that's something that I I need to start to break down for myself. And I think I'm, I probably need a bit of coaching from yourself, to be honest.
0: Well... Easy question. Uh, what what would an improvement in that look like?
1: Well, Yeah, probably, to be honest, an, an improvement would probably be stepping away from the marketing agency side of things because it's not truly my passion. The only reason I jumped into that was because I hired some marketers that didn't really deliver on their job. So I started to yeah. do it myself and it kind of, again, changed my identity over to, Now I've got to do the marketing and everything. So I'm kind of doing everything at once, but I would just love to be in that coaching position and, and not focusing on the marketing side of things.
0: Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. It's, um, it took us, we, we launched an online course in 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've got we got two brands. We got ProCABulary, which is for the general audience. We're retiring that next year, and then we've got EnLifted, which is for the fitness industry. Okay, the, that's how those two online courses. Uh, we have two online courses, and we thought that we were going to sell a lot of courses to uh, of the EnLifted program to the fitness industry cool. Mm. Sounds fun. Love those people. Let's work with them. And what happened is we, have you ever heard of paleo effects?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have. I'd love to be a health
0: and fitness conference. Oh dude. If they have another one, if they kick that shit is so much fun and everybody and their mother's there. And it's just, it's super high vibe. And then when the thing is done, everybody goes partying it's a blast <laughs> and oh it's so good dude it's so fun um and we so we launched and lifted 2019 at uh at paleo effects and what we were selling there was an instructor-led program so mike Bledsoe and myself were the two hosts and then we would do it over do this the course that we made over a 12 week um and and Where I'm, this is this I'm 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 telling a story, and I'm going to come back to the 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 power of decision. Mm -hmm. Decide. It's a very interesting word, by the way. Decide. It it it's it's uh its roots come from a Greek word which means to cut off all other options. Mm -hmm. Decide. So everything else is over. It's like this, and what ended up happening is that started the the certifications. Okay. We've probably sold fifty-five zero of those of those online courses to the fitness industry. And and what happened is that it started a whole part of our business that we didn't even envision once we got in there, um, which is the certifications. So we certify coaches on how to methodically dismantle their clients' victim mentalities. Okay. So get into the most stuck parts of their stories and get them unstuck. We're good at it. And after we're on our 19th and 20th level one certification right now, when we got to, after we had done 10 certifications, that's when we decided that this is, this is going to be, it's called our Panama canal. So digging a canal, this is the Panama canal. And what we have found is that over the past year, there has been, there have been things It's called shiny, shiny syndrome, shiny object syndrome, things come yes. along and it's like, oh, yeah, we could go over there and do that or no is no this thing. What if we just did this just a little bit over there and having that those guardrails up that the parameter of no, this is our this is our lane getting in getting to a point of that's not easy getting to a place where you have made a decision and you're sticking to that decision, regardless of what, what comes up. And yes, there's the, there's the mind flexibility and there's the mindset. Sometimes you want and whichever one you pick folks do it consciously. Okay. Know that you're doing it. It's the unconscious stuff that really gets us in trouble most of the time. Mm. And yeah, you get to it's, it's, it's heaven when you can get to a point where you make a decision. So for your case, and you know, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Uh, you decide that I'm I am going exclusively with the 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 this podcast and my natural path uh practitioner, uh, uh, my role as a coach, and you know, the this thing goes off to the wayside. Um yeah, decide, cut off all options, burn the boats. There's something refreshing about that. Mm. There's something very refreshing about that.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that with the shiny object syndrome because I guess when you are stepping into that entrepreneurial sort of role and you get into, especially like with the online space, like there is a million opportunities and especially at this point in time, like everyone is online, like it's just, it's where everyone talks, it's it's the new norm, right? So When I kind of jumped into, you know what, I'm going to learn all of the marketing stuff so then I can do it myself and then also be a coach. But then it just opens you up to so many more opportunities that I was like, cool, I'll just start a marketing agency as well. And that has kind of taken me away from my practice as a coach a little bit too. So it's a a bit of a balancing act, but I love that how you just burn all other boats and just focus on that one thing because at the end of the day for me, being on podcasts, talking to people like yourself and helping others through a coaching process, that that feels pretty damn good for me.
0: I'm there with you, man. You know, um, I was a whole dude, dude. I was a terrible student. It wasn't. It wasn't that I was, you know, just had bad grades. I was intentionally distracted. I was just disruptive, destructive. I was bored out of my mind with what was being taught. And, uh, you know, I walked out of school thinking that I'm stupid because, because uh, for a variety of reasons, my grades were bad. And, you know, I've fallen in love twice, Ty. I've fallen in love on sight twice. Once was with jujitsu, uh, I went to my first class and this guy put a choke on me. And I, I've been, like I said, I was a wrestler and, you know, fine. I pin you, you pin me choking, getting choked on the other hand, that was the, the, one of the coolest experiences. I was like, Oh my God, I've got to learn this. And I got obsessed. Okay. And I stayed obsessed. I'm still obsessed. i like, I just, I don't practice. Um, I'll, I'll go do a little kickboxing here and there. I, I, I check MMA sites every day. I watch all the UFCs i love it i will always i'm always a fan forever a fan of of, of mma i don't follow any other sport um, and then the second time i fell in love was when I went to that emotional detoxification seminar and you know that this is a this is an interesting aspect of or, or you know attraction is not a choice it's an interesting way to think about it you know we don't get to choose who we're attracted to does that work? Does that ever work? I'm going to talk myself into being attracted to this person (laughs) or um, I'm going to talk myself out of being attracted to this person. That does not work very well, very often. And after 10 years of me doing this work, uh, I looked around and it has held, I find it fascinating. I find it fascinating. The language game, the story work game, it's great. After 10 years of it holding my attention, I looked around and I said, you know what? I don't have any other questions, big picture about what I'm going to do with my professional life. I'm going to do this shit for 50 years. And so I got into my calendar and I scrolled down. It took me a little while. I scrolled down to January 17th, 2057. It's in my calendar right now. And I wrote in there, my, that's my last day on the job. I'm going to do a workshop somewhere. I'll be 80 years old. And um, and there's there's so folks, pay attention to what interests you. Pay attention to what interests you, and get in there and and explore it. Okay. And and if it keeps holding your attention, spend more time there.
1: Mm,
0: okay. And if you don't know what, if you don't have anything that interests you. Well, let's make it simple. Stop doing shit that you hate. Yeah. Okay? Rocket science. <laughs> and so you'll free up some time and then you just you start going exploring things that cuz what you're attracted to, there's magic there. Yeah. There's magic there. It's a sign. You know, whatever you're 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 pulled towards. Um and God thank the heavens, the stars that I've stumbled across something that has held my attention, my fascination for 17 years, and I, I would imagine it just keeps get it, it, it. changes, of course. You know, we've got a company now. We hired our first employee. Got got 200 coaches. Um, You know, things are things are moving, and it's just I've, I'm I am assuming that I'm going to be. Well, I'm going to. I'm going to do it for 50 years. See what happens. I want to. I want. I also want to know what 50 years in the game feels like in, yeah. in a game, you know, that, that fifth decade, like, what does that feel like? What does it feel like to have that much knowledge and experience in something? What will the, what will the sensation of it be like? What will, what will, what will the vision be like? How about intuition? What will my senses be like? You know, cause there's, there's more to there's more to getting good at something than just the thought process process about it you know you spend enough time doing something uh you 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 really do create extrasensory perception okay you just you got that gut feeling you know what to do you can read things differently yeah how so, we- I, I go on rants dude i go on rants i ramble
1: no nah, that's spot on and and you notice that with like – or for me in my field with the, the health coaching side of things, like the best naturopaths and the best coaches, the best acupuncturists that I know of, they don't like – they just know what to do. Like they'll see a person walk into their practice and then they'll go, oh, give us a look at your foot. Like, oh, I came mm. in for a gut problem. But then they're, they're, they're just going straight over like, no, nah, it's something to do with your posture, which is – but that they just know exactly for that human being like – That is what we need to work on. And and that just comes with experience, like knowledge and experience and practice. All of those together is the the art of becoming an expert in your field,
0: right? 100%, 100%. And, you know, the happiest people that I know, Ty, they've gotten good at something. And most of the time, it's not just one thing, okay? It's several somethings. Because they they figured out how to get good at something. There's a difference. There's a difference in getting good at something and knowing how to get good at something. Um, and I've gotten good enough at a couple of things, a few things, that I, I know how to get good at something. Mm-hmm. You, you, you want my secret formula? Hell yeah, do. Show up and breathe. Show up and breathe. Guess what? Show up. First things first, you got to show up. You got to keep showing up. My roommate in Bangkok, Rafi Frankel, who is now Dr. Rafi Frankel, who is a uh, tenured professor at Georgetown. He was the valedictorian, which means smartest or best grades in his high school and college. And I said, "Dude, what's your what's your what's your secret?" And he, he goes, "Man, 80% of it is showing up." So keep showing up. And when, because when you first start showing up, you're going to be confused about what's going on, whether it's jujitsu or public speaking or natural, natural, naturopath school or surfing. Get in the mix and breathe well. Okay. So I am a teacher to the core. The students that are under sustained stress responses. sympathetic nervous system responses and their breath is trapped in their chest they are poor learners Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay and if it takes them a while it takes people extra time to connect dots about things it's easier for those people to talk themselves out back out of the arena and give up okay when someone's breathing well our learning capacity increases tremendously Mm -hmm when the breath is down in the abdomen parasympathetic nervous system response we call it breathing low and slow in the enlifted coaching community then we literally give ourselves perspective where you can see more your hearing goes way up you're a better listener okay and you pick things up faster and and so you know when i'm first learning things um, i will i will all i all i do is i keep showing up I'm not worried about the results. Show up, breathe, and show up and breathe. And, sh- and, and then magically, just like magic, the thing, the puzzle starts to put itself together. When you start getting some of the, the gears meshing and things, start then and it's, wow. Then the magic shows up for whatever it is. So get good at something, folks. Get good at something and like i didn't know i didn't know i was going to dedicate my whole work career life 50 years to this thing until i was 10 years in i just kept showing up cuz the interest was still there
1: yeah yeah
0: wow and 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 let me ask you this question how 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 does passion influence someone's health
1: um oh, massively because you know like your whole posture changes like everything so if you're showing up to something that you're passionate about like let's take the example of someone that is going to a nine-to-five job that they absolutely hate like you're not getting out of bed and feeling good you're probably getting out of bed just going oh damn it's monday again like right <laughs> And you're driving to work hunched over, you're not happy about where you're going. Like that changes everything. Like you're not going to be engaged, just as you said. You're probably not going to be listening to anything whatsoever. And you're just going to be there just going, ugh. But if you're passionate and you're, you know, you've decided, I'm going to quit that nine to five job. And I'm gonna start my business in whatever it may be that you're absolutely passionate about. You're probably gonna get up. There, there could be, there'll be, there'll be times that you have fears and whatnot that it might not work out. But you're gonna feel good, especially when you start to get progress. Like I know for myself, when I first quit, because I actually used to do FIFO work, so fly in, fly out, and I was away for mm. a month at a time in in the in the construction industry. And then when I first quit that, like oh, I remember feeling my whole posture changed and I was like, I'm going to be a PT, man. I'm going to be a personal trainer now. Like my whole outlook on life changed and like looking back at that now, like that felt pretty damn good. And, and that, that changed my health in a completely different realm just because I had a passion for what I was doing.
0: Did everybody hear what he just said? And the, 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 the passion, you start crowding out the drama it's like i don't have time for this person okay mm. or this scenario or this place because i got i got stuff to do over here okay there's it's i personally i think it's the 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 the, the fountain of youth mm. okay do getting and okay fine yes some some i've got the job i've got the bills i've got the thing um i got a wife the the the, the kids i've got financial responsibilities I totally understand that. Uh, and you likely have some side hours here and there that you can go do some things that you really enjoy that right there. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm one of the founders. Most of my time is, is spent like, I can qualify this or quantify this. I'd say of my professional time is spent invested certifying the coaches and developing the community. And then another 10% is, is on meetings. Okay. And then another 5% is, is outreach like this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Going on podcasts. This is my 267th podcast talking about one thing, language. And when I go into the kickboxing gym, which is, you know, it's it's rarer these days. I make it in once a week, cool. Two times a week, cool. I go in there, and let's say I'm sparring, and somebody's trying to punch me in the nose. <laughs> Nothing else exists. Nothing else exists in the universe. I mean, I'm there. There. Talk about presence. And it it it's, it's for an hour. It's an hour sparring session, and I walk out of there like I've just gotten the best eight hours sleep in my life because mm. I turned everything else off. So some people like well, a good buddy of mine, he's one of our, our level three coaches. He, he reviews all the, the peer-to-peer coaching sessions. You know what it is for him? No. Fishing. That dude loves fishing. Has he ever made fishing? No. No, he spends money to go fishing. And he comes back like the universe has been scrubbed, like his, his 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 just his the 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 whole he's a different person once he's gone fishing for a couple of hours. Okay. When you're thinking about health, please factor in those conversations too, folks. You know, where do you where do you just where do you where do you turn off the world? Yeah. Go do go do that from time to time. You know? It's a big deal. It's a very big deal
1: hell yeah man and i i completely feel that and and my thing for complete presence for for me is surfing like and I remember this mm. in in my coaching practice i can't I can't remember who i like the same thing find something that you're passionate about that you can kind of just drown out anything else if you've got like something that you're completely pass- passionate about and you're right there for me it's surfing like if I'm out in the surf. I can't think about anything else. Like I'm there because the ocean is always moving. I'm lo- I'm scanning the lineup. I'm looking like, where do I want to sit in the water so what? that I can get in the best position for that wave? Like, I, like three hours can go by and I don't even know. I was like, what was that? 20 minutes, right? That's complete <laughs> flow state. And yeah. When I first got back into surfing after bodybuilding, when I had that feeling again, I was like, "Damn, there's something to this," and that's what really changed my coaching practice. And I'll always remember this. Johnny was one of my uh, coaching clients. He was—he's a CEO, had like this big waterproofing business and whatnot on the Gold Coast. That he would come into me to have a like personal training session to get away from all that noise, have conversation, and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, "Do you have any hobbies, man?" Because he's like he really <coughs> wanted to improve his health, and he's like no, well, not not really. I just work and kind of go home. I was like, well, what did you used to do that you just went and did as a kid that you really enjoyed? And he was like, oh, I don't really know, but I do love to play golf. And I was like, all right, perfect, perfect. I'm going to prescribe you one round of golf, whether it's nine holes or 18 holes once a week. You have to do that. Like that's a part of your program now. It's not just the nutrition and the training. It's golf as well. He's like, man, can you write that on a piece of paper for me or email it to me so I can show my missus because she's not going to buy this otherwise. <laughs> 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 and I was like, yeah, man, absolutely. So wrote him out this email. I was like, you have to play golf for your health. So when he started to do that once a week, he just started playing nine holes and that was it. And he was like, man, you've changed my life just because of him allowing him to go and play golf once a week. Like how powerful is that? It's insane.
0: Dude, lucky him for finding you to work with. Because that's, it's genius. It's genius. And then, then that, you know, that better state, that makes everything else that you're going to prescribe for him, you know, whether it's a, an exercise, however you go about helping people build them their health up and maintain that new, le- that's going to make all that stuff stick a lot easier, at least in my mind, it would
1: yeah yeah absolutely man and just because i've listened to you on on a on kyle kingsbury podcast but i'd love to dive into a little bit of unpacking how you know that brain works a little bit like i have been diving into neuroscience a little bit as of late and from my understanding and and this is the best way for me to understand it or how it Mm. stuck for me was if I'm in a position where I don't know what the hell I'm doing or like I'm feeling frustrated and all that sort of stuff, like I'm operating from my amygdala. And my recent coach, Bredo, he explained it as Amy. She's a bit of a bitch. Like if you're operating with Amy, she's a bit of a bitch. You're not really going to be that present. So can you unpack that a bit for us So just from from your perspective and, and just, and yeah, I'd love to listen to your perspective on that one.
0: Yeah, we, we, we focus in on the words, how they influence us. And, you know, to say Amy can be a bit of a bitch is, that is, um, that's very kind language. (laughs) Sometimes she's a raging bitch. All right. Uh, And so there's this, Daniel Goleman coined the term amygdala hijack in his in his book emotional intelligence it was in the 90s when someone goes into amygdala hijack also known as stress response we can keep this stuff very simple Mm. which we're good at we're we're we've done a a, we've done a good job of demystifying the conversation about words and stories and identities okay how our language influences us for better and Worse, there's a variety of ways to describe it. Uh, Simplifying how to dismantle the victim mentality. We've also gamified it, so we made it fun. Okay. Um, When someone goes into a stress response in context to a story and the breath is trapped in the chest, okay, the picture, good luck, all you coaches out there, good luck, good luck changing your client's mind while their breath is trapped in their chest, okay? They're going to do things like this. They're going to nod, they're going to smile, and nothing is happening in there, okay? Because you have no access to them. Breath is trapped in the chest. Whatever the picture is, is smack dab in their face, okay? All y'all listening. To this, you should see what I'm doing as, as the breath descends. So what you want to do is you want to help your clients breathe better. You can do that by addressing the breath directly. You can also do that by addressing their language, which will address the breath indirectly as the story changes. And we go from a victim centric story about something. I'm going to give some examples here in a moment.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we go from the participant to the observer. So when the breath is trapped in the chest, that picture is in my face, okay? I'm in the story. This is about me. This means, this means something about me. It's personal. As the breath descends down into the abdomen, the picture moves away. I literally have br- distance. I've given myself breathing room, and I will reinterpret the story on my own, okay, which is, in our opinion... One of the principles of world-class coaching, okay, which is great. be a great questions coach. Okay? And if you're not a coach, uh, guess what? You still are a coach. If you have at least one friend, sometimes you're a coach, all right? Ask them, ask them questions, okay, as opposed to being the, the know-it-all coach. I've got all the answers, coach. That's a bust. That's a kick in the nuts. I used to do that. Okay, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna bestow wisdom upon ye until uh, something incredible happens. And then no, that's actually amateur hour. Mm. Okay, so answers, you gotta think, think about think about it like this. Answers push, questions pull. So when you have a series of great questions, you're pulling this information out of them. And and, and it is, it's a lot, uh, it, there's a much better energetic dynamic there. I mean, from the, I'm, I'm ranting. I know I'm ranting on, on the, the difference between answers and questions, coaches,
1: the,
0: the dynamic is screwed from the start. If you're an all the right answers coach, because guess what? They have to agree with everything you say. And if they don't, cause, cause otherwise, then, you know, what value are you? Right. I'm just, uh, uh, uh it's, uh, There's a big difference between, it's also, it also leaves things way more open for interpretation about the why than the how. What does that mean? There's a big difference between why am I talking myself out of opportunity? If I'm trying to tell someone why they're doing it, there's a difference between why am I talking myself out of opportunity and how am I talking myself out of opportunity? Mm. Okay. There's a big difference between why do I think I'm not good enough? Everybody's going to have an opinion about that. And how am I thinking I'm not good enough? So when we go towards that, how we get down to the building blocks of things. And a lot of that is our words. Okay. We talk a lot about spells in this line of work. Okay. Yeah. Spells like magic spells. The definition of a spell is a word. Or a combination of words of great influence. Okay, and I want you all to think of this. This this dovetails. It brings amygdala hijack right back into the conversation. Think think of your words as either constrictive spells or expansive spells. Okay, a combination of words that constricts people makes feels I've got the weight of the world on my shoulder. Look at the word depression. Depression. D E I excuse me. D E P R E S S I on. D E downward press pressure I on. Downward pressure on me. Mm. And um and then and then from there it just if, if we stay in those stories, things are going to stay the same. So here's two stories, a tale of two different stories. I told these stories, I I tell these stories a lot because they're they're great and they hit home for people. People can relate to them. One is a story of a constrictive spell. One is a story of an expansive spell. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to talk about what to do with these spells, how to break them easily with this. Yeah, fine. It's a pen. Guess what? It's also a magic wand. So this woman comes in, she sits down, And she said, Mark, I'm having trouble in my marriage. My husband thinks I'm attractive and I refuse to believe him. And I know when this whole thing got started, I just don't know what the hell to do about it. And I said, tell me more. 10 years old, this little girl walks into into her grandparents' house for Christmas. And as soon as she gets in the door, her aunt, her great aunt leans down and goes, my, you have a big nose, just like me. Thanks for that. <clears throat> Little girl goes into a stress response, tightens up, runs into the bathroom. What do you think the first thing she looked at was when she got in there?
1: Straight up her nose. Her nose.
0: Straight at her nose, which was no bigger, obviously, no bigger physically now than it was five seconds ago but in her imagination she's got a honker which means she's ugly and so the reticular activating system i'm going to tell the story of this here in a second comes online amy and it goes oh okay because it's impartial it goes oh you're you're ugly okay i'm gonna go find all the other flaws and while i'm doing that i'm going to block out anything that's contrary to 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 this story of me being ugly. And so she grows up thinking she's got a big nose, she's ugly, staring at all the other flaws every time she looks at herself and then her husband, I mean you can see it. Her husband's like, "Damn, baby, you look good." She goes, "You don't mean that." I mean, that's going to cause some problems. That's what was going on there. So that is a, a, that spell, my, you have a big nose just like me, combination of words that greatly influenced that little girl, constrictive spell, pressure, stress, weight, and then from there, the story just kept going for, well, 25 years, 15, 15 more, because she came in when she was 25, because that's that's another thing about stories. Once they get set up, they don't just sit there and do nothing. No, they go to work and they stay on the clock. Here's a story of an expansive spell. 2014, I'm giving a workshop. This guy's setting up a booth right next to me. Here's everything. Comes up afterwards. He says, man, that was great. You want to hear a good story about this? I'm like, oh, yeah. And he goes, when I was 13, I forget this guy's name. We'll call him Dave. He said, my grandfather took me out in the backyard. And he said, little Davey life's wild. There's going to be some ups and downs and some zigs and zags and some twists and turns. And you're going to get some things right. And you're going to get some things wrong. Just always remember to err on the side of being a badass motherfucker. And he said, my life changed in that moment. He said, he said, it was like, I took this big breath in and I looked up, things are looking up and I saw my myself and my imagination is capable and confident. And I created these very strong, confident feelings. And he goes, you know, I've made so many mistakes, but you know what I learn as I go and I go after what I want. And I like being me.
1: Yeah, well. Think about
0: that. Think about that. If you like being, this is my, my business partner says it. If you like being you, you're winning, you're winning. And So if you want to know, if you're into, since you're listening to Ty's podcast, I will assume that you're into getting better, getting more healthy, enjoying your life more, enjoying being you more and more and more and more, then it is very important for you all to know about the reticular activating system, the reticular activating system. This is the, if you want to know why you see what you see or why and how you see yourself the way you see yourself and why people in, in there in your life the people in your life see themselves the way they see themselves the reticular activating system is front and center in that conversation so there's this thing it's this it's at the base of your your, your spine uh, the top of it bottom of your skull uh it's called the reticular activating system or ras for short and it is involved in in several interesting phenomenons okay mm-hmm. So once upon a time, my car got stolen. I'm walking out my front door. This is in 2008, 17, 18, I forget. And I walk to where my car was parked the night before and it's gone. And I stare at this empty space blinking like, like my face was like twitching. It was hard for me to get my head around it for a second. Then I call the police. I said, help. I said, hold on, buddy, we're coming. And then I call my dad. I say, dad, my SUV got stolen. I got stuff to do. I need the farm truck. So this is in Richmond, Virginia. I drive out to the farm and get one of my father's prized possessions, which is a 1985 Ford F-150. What a car. Two tones of brown. We call it brown and browner. He bought it mint condition. It's still in mint condition. And then I drive brown and browner is a true story into Richmond, Virginia. And within 24 hours, I start seeing more and more and more of this same model of truck out and about. You ever had that experience? You buy a car and you start seeing those cars all over the place. are like, where the hell are these cars coming from?
1: Absolutely. Most people
0: have. What, what, what kind of car was it for you?
1: It was a Holden Maloo. I, I ended up getting one myself, but um, yeah, a Holden Maloo. It's, it's kind of like a, a bit of a muscle car, but a new age one here. And, and I got myself one, but when I did get one, there was a bunch of them getting around.
0: <laughs> You're like, where are these things coming from? They were always there, folks. It's just now that you've, you're focusing in on this new kind of car, you're driving around, the reticular activating system goes on a search and edit mission. It's like, oh, this is a thing now. This is important. I'm going to go find more of these cars. And while I'm finding more of these particular kind of cars, I'm going to edit out anything that's not that. Okay. So if you, if you go back to the, the girl, my, you've got a big nose just like me, runs in the bathroom. I'm ugly. Oh, you're ugly. I'm um, now I'm going to find all your other flaws. I've already said this and I'm saying it again. And while I'm highlighting, forcing you to stare at those flaws. Okay. I'm going to pimp hand. I'm going to backhand. I'm going to, I'm going to move out anything that's not that. So your husband gives you a compliment, not getting in, not getting through the filter. Okay. I mean, this is, this is widely studied in, in the most famous study of, about the power of the reticular activating system that I know of is the invisible gorilla study. So so two social psychologists in the late 90s, they took seven college kids. They dressed three of them up in white, three of them up in black, and one of them in a gorilla costume. They gave the white team two basketballs, the black team, two basketballs. And for one minute, they filmed them, the the teams passing the balls back and forth. So the white team to the white team, black team to the black. 30, 30 seconds in, they get the student in the gorilla costume to walk into the middle of all of that, turn, look at the camera, beat his chest and walk out. And that was the one minute film. And then they took that one minute film and showed it to now tens of thousands of people. And they gave them something to focus on. They directed their attention. Magicians know about this. People that write the news know about this. You direct someone's attention somewhere and they're gonna miss other shit. And so they asked them once they watched this video how many times did the the you can watch this video, the same video, the original video on YouTube, just put an in invisible gorilla. How many times did the white team pass the basketball back and forth? How many times? The correct answer is 15. And then afterwards, then they go, oh, by the way. Did you see the gorilla? of the people edited out the gorilla entirely. Something so seemingly obvious as the gorilla, as a gorilla, entirely because they weren't looking for it. Wow. And our language, so the question is, which I have already answered, does our reticular activating system Only work with 1985 ish Ford F 150s and new age muscle cars in Australia and kids in in gorilla costumes? Or is our language influencing our reticular activating system for better and for worse? I'm here to say definitively that your language has programmed your reticular activating system. And if you want to change the way you see yourself, change your words. Here's another story 2015, I'm up in Canada giving a presentation to a, a sales company. I gave the presentation, stayed after, did individual sessions. I'm in a room with a young man. Two chairs facing each other. were six feet apart. He's struggling at work. This is what he says, and this is what he does. He goes, Mark, I can't keep focusing on my past. Well, wow. And for those of you all listening to this, I just turned around because he did it. I turned around and looked behind me as fast as possible. He did a lot faster. So I'm looking at this young man. Look at the words. I can't keep focusing on my past. And he turns all the way the fuck around and looks behind him and then looks back at me. Didn't even know he did it. I go, yeah. no, you just turned around and looked behind you, right? He goes, what, really? I said, yeah. What did you see? And he had to think about it. He goes, "Ah, I saw myself on the couch and, and all alone. Guess how he was feeling? Anxious, angry, and scared. Where was he breathing? He was in a stress response in his chest. So that right there, one sentence immediately influenced the four major, four of the major, they might be the major aspects of your experience of yourself, your imagination, what you see, pictures and movies your feelings and emotions, your physiology, your body, your posture, and how do you breathe? One sentence, and you know what we did? Rocket science. I gave him a pen and I said, write that sentence down. He goes, which one? And I said, the I can't keep focusing on my past sentence. So he did, he wrote it down. I said, great, because once, once pen hits paper, once you start writing down your word, your, your language, your thoughts, your sentences, your, your stories, and you have the know to and know how to look at the words, Mm. then you can make some changes, okay? And so I said, okay, great. If that's what you can't keep doing, what can you start doing? And he, because it was foreign to him, he said it like a question. It went up at the end. "Uh, I can focus on my future more? I said, yeah, you can. Now make it a statement. And it took him a second. (sighs) Breath. I, I, I he, he was talking himself into it. I can, I can focus on my future more. I, I, I can, I can focus on my future more. So now he's looking into his future. Okay. He's first thing my driving I mean, teacher said when I got in the car, look where you want to go because you're probably going to go there. More rocket science. I said, great. Now that he's looking into his future, what can you do? And he said, we, we identified three things. This whole thing happened in five minutes. He said, well, you know, there's a couple of books I need to read. Great, buy them. We do a lot of social functions here here at this job. We do one at least once a month. I can start going to those. Great, start going to them. And we have a mentor program. I could take advantage of that, which was a lot easier for him to see now that he's looking where he wants to go. And he wrote me nine months later. Uh, he said, I did those three things. I got the books, I read them. I started going to the social functions and I got myself a mentor and everything's changed. He said, I'm doing well at work now. I'm one of the top salesmen, thank you. I said, you're very welcome. Remember the power of the pen, the words, spells. So we broke a spell. I can't keep focusing on my past. It's a combination of words that was greatly influencing that young man. We wrote it down. We changed some of the words pointed him in the better direction and got clear about the next action steps i mean none of this stuff is like you don't have to be einstein to understand this shit
1: but damn that's powerful though
0: it is and it's it's like i said it's often overlooked because it's most people it's very easy to fall into the trap folks of looking at the totality of your problems and thinking that the solution has to be equally as large no quite often there's a couple of key sentences that are holding that whole thing in place that's why it's so powerful for you to write down your thoughts and stare at the words
1: mm. you can you can see the stories then you can you can build some clarity around it and make a definitive change from that that's amazing yeah. man
0: Yeah, exactly. Listen to what he just said, everybody. You can see the stories as opposed to you're in the story and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm. Here comes learned helplessness. Here comes the victim mentality. Y'all know what the definition of the victim mentality is? Let me recite this thing again. Happily, the victim mentality is an acquired personality trait where a person tends to regard himself or herself as the victim of the negative actions of others, even in the absence of clear evidence. The victim mentality depends on a habitual thought process and attributions. I took a little bit out of the middle. That's the verbatim definition. That second sentence, everybody. Right between the eyes, right where it belongs. The victim mentality depends, as in it has to have a habitual thought process. Habitual accurately implies duration, and addiction. This thing doesn't get set up in a, in a, in a weekend. It's an ongoing process. It's an identity trait. It's a tendency. It's an, it's, it, 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 it goes for a period of, it goes, and and especially if you're emotionalizing over things hard, you get addicted to it. Mm. And that's, I was there. I know this song and dance so well, so well. And so, I also like to include this. We do this very quickly. Something practical that people can do to have an experience. Don't believe me. Okay. Do not believe me. Consider what I'm saying and do this. Cause if you do this, you're going to have a personal experience. You're going to feel the difference. And as that old saying goes, she who feels it knows it, or he who feels it knows it. So, you have a pen yeah Ty? Yep. cool write down a professional goal for if you can get two even better a professional goal for 2022 and if y'all are listening to this go ahead and pick up your pen too and write down a, a, per, a, a professional goal two professional goals for 2022 and if you if you got one professional one personal that's that works great as well okay and then you're absolutely going to need your, your, your pen for this next part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Read your first goal, Ty, please.
1: So my first goal is to become full-time in my coaching practice and podcasting. Cause that's, that's truly what I want to be doing is just hundred percent focusing on in on that.
0: Awesome. How's that feel to say?
1: Feels pretty damn amazing. Cause I I love coaching. That's, that's where I'm at my best.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Now this is, this is just simply for experience sake. Now take that first goal. I want you to put the word kind of anywhere in there you pick and now read it.
1: I kind of want (laughs) to podcast and be a coach that that feels shit.
0: (laughs) one word folks look one word we just put one word in there and we wrecked the vibe what's your what's your second goal
1: so second goal for next year we've we've already set this one out and that is to be traveling full-time in the bus that we've bought this year around australia
0: great put a possibly in there
1: i possibly think that we could be traveling around australia in a bus next year (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I had him put one piece of soft talk in there and he added in a a, a think and a might. So, folks, this is called the soft talk challenge. So what we just did is we ran a little language game called soft goals. It's super easy. It helps people get their mind around this. So you write down a couple of goals and then you put a piece of soft talk in there. A maybe, a kind of, a possibly a sort of, a guess, a think, a like, and watch what it does to the energy, okay? So we just made a point. Now, get a clean sheet of paper, everybody. And I'm gonna rattle off, I just did, and I'm gonna do it again. The 10 soft talk keywords, these words are language and they're, they're causing a lot of problems, I guarantee it. Okay, these words are responsible for 80% at least of your indecision and anxiety, okay? And I want five times larger than you normally write, okay? What's that going to do? Your reticular memory this, your reticular activating system is going to matter. Just pay more attention to them. So this is going to raise your awareness about these keywords. And then from there, you'll start picking them up in your conversations and in your emails and in your texts and in your thoughts. And once that happens, then you can start really playing the game, which is you just take them out. So I guess I'm drinking too much coffee turns into I'm drinking too much coffee. Okay. Yeah. I probably should get out and walk more. Take out the probably I should get out and walk more. Yeah, I could get out and walk more. Take out the could put in can't. I can. I can do it. You talk yourself into it. I can get out and walk more. Hmm. So first soft talk keyword. Guess. Guess. Five times large larger than you normally write, folks. Guess. Maybe, maybe I'm procrastinating. Think. Think. I think I'm overthinking it. Probably. Perhaps. Sort of. Kind of. Possibly. Mm. Hopefully. Hopefully, I'm going to travel around Australia next year. <laughs> Take out the hope. Watch what happens. Try. And almost like. It's almost like I'm self-sabotaging myself. Yeah, well. It's it's no joke of a practice. Like it's easy, it's funny to talk about. And you start taking these words out and things are going to get real.
1: Mm.
0: Not only are things going to get real, you're going to talk yourself into making decisions. And the more decisions that you make, the faster things happen in your life. Okay? And you you talk yourself out of these the, the indecision, the stress of indecision, these stress responses and your breath descends down into your abdomen, parasympathetic nervous system response and you're going to sound different yeah, you're going to go from yeah. sounding uh, um, insecure to sounding confident, it's quite the thing
1: Yeah, I was literally just about to say that Going, that sounds like you're going to go from unconfident to confident in what you're doing and actually take action
0: oh yeah and if you if you keep if you keep taking out the soft talk everybody you will create certainty an energy of certainty which is an extremely rare energy for people to to cultivate there's only one way to do that and it's to become definitive and solid in your speech you you still think i'm kidding fellas walk up to a a a, a, a girl and go um you think you might maybe wanna possibly go out on a date with me one day and watch what happens just just yeah go go and and pay keep keep track of your close rate it's gonna be (laughs) shit
1: yep that is that is not a not a very good pitch (laughs)
0: it's horrible it's the worst i've done it
1: yeah Hell yeah man well damn man like that has been absolutely amazing and I am wary of your time so we'll begin to wrap this up a little bit here but before we do like I always end my podcasts on a bit of a question and you've given us some gold nuggets and I think you'll probably relate it back to what we've just spoken about just now so just for a moment like have a think like throughout all of your life experience what is one piece of advice that you could leave for the listeners that is going to help them improve their health, wealth, or their relationships? What what would that be?
0: Slow down your rate of speech. Mm. Slow down your rate of speech, everybody. And you're going to come into contact, face-to-face. You're going to create an experience. You're going to give yourself the space to connect the dots between what words are wrecking you and what words are supporting you most people talk too fast okay and as someone slows down their rate of speech the breath is going to descend a little bit you're going to feel more comfortable in what you're saying you're going to be a phenomenally better listener than someone who has machine gun mouth and just keeps talking till everyone understands them. It's not how it works. It's it's very similar to that that quote about jealousy. Oh, jealousy, the green eyed monster that slayed love under the pretenses of keeping it alive. The person that talks too much because I just I want people to understand me. I want to connect, so I'm just going to keep talking and talking and talking until the connection. No, no, it's the exact opposite. Voltaire said it. The secret to being boring is saying everything. Yeah. Well, Become more rhythmic with your storytelling. The whole we, the, the only thing that Ty and I have talked about today is, is storytelling. The whole thing. Your mindset, guess what that is? That's a story that you tell yourself.
1: Mm.
0: Your communications, your conversations with people, it's a ping pong match of storytelling. And most people's storytelling sucks because they've never had any training in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went to, um, I would have gone last year too, and this year, they didn't have it because of uh, the, 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 the COVID lock, that thing. Uh, the um, National Storytellers Convention in Jonesboro, Tennessee, which is a very cute, cool little town. And what they do is they bring in, they pack, they get a 5,000 person tent, a couple of 6,000 person tents. And they, they pack them full of people, and they bring in the very best storytellers that they can find, professional storytellers. And I went there with my buddy in 2019, and I, I, was, I had a theory. I had a hypothesis, and it was proved true. I said, these people are going to be simple storytellers. They're going to be simple. They're going to be clear. They're going to be rhythmic. And I was right. All the best storytellers were simple. They were clear. They were rhythmic. Become more simple with your words, which is not easy. Mm-mm. Okay. It's really easy to make something complicated. It's really easy to, to tell long winded, boring ass stories. Become simple, become entertaining, become clear with your storytelling and watch what happens. People will want to talk to you more. Mm. Yeah. And you'll also feel different okay you know the more the very frequently the more you know that whole thing i just want to i want people to understand me that's a bi- that's an externalization of me not understanding me yeah okay clarify your stories to yourself and watch what happens you will by, you you won't have a choice it'll happen naturally you will you will clarify the your your external life simplify and clarify your internal world and your external world will simplify and clarify itself as a byproduct of it. I love that, man. I love that. Yeah. And your shoulders will drop, your jaw will loosen up, your butthole will unpucker, <laughs> your breath, your breathing. I own unpuckered.com. I've owned it for three years. I was shocked.
1: I was it, laughing so hard when you mentioned that on Kyle's podcast. I was like, you <laughs> <I> own unpuckered.com?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talk about that a lot because, stressful stories complicated stress inducing stories and belief systems it's it would stress and, and one of the things that tightens up it tightens us up from the floor up not only is our breath trapped in our chest our buttholes are all puckered and like and then somebody says one thing and we're like ah for, <laughs> for three days can't get over it can't get out of our head just wasted three days of our life it was a whole weekend just dedicated to, to shitting on this person in our head and, and then you know like They're outliving their life. They're not paying attention to you. Yeah. No one's coming, folks. Nobody's coming. No one's coming to save you. No one is going to change your story for you for the better. Yeah. Okay. That's an inside job. There's a lot of people out there pitching weaponized stories. They want to scare the hell out of you, Mm. get you to do things. Okay. You learn this language game. You'll see the news come in a completely different way.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, where can, where can people get in touch with you? Cause uh, I know you've got a couple of things going on there. Is, is your main focus at the moment on the coaching certification?
0: Yeah, it is in me, There's a video, uh, there's a shitload of testimonials, uh, and, and ways to get in contact with us about it.
1: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I'll track I'll yeah, that we, in the show we notes.
0: Were with super cool. Thank you. And and then there's Instagram. Yep. It's probably going to take off one of these days. Uh, Mark England, 2057. It's a it's a free language school with 80% language stuff, 20% entertainment. Hell
1: yeah, I, I I love the entertainment side of yours and the language, but yeah, all the the memes and whatnot that you post up, they're funny as hell. Alrighty guys, so we ended up having a little bit of technical difficulties towards the end where Zoom started glitching out. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drop all of Mark's links in the show notes beneath this or on my website at breakplateaus.com and you'll be able to find out more about Mark and everything that he is doing. He's an absolutely amazing human being and I'm super grateful to have been able to connect with him and I'm definitely going to be diving into his enlifted certifications to grow my coaching practice and my skills as a human being all based around the language that I use with myself and the language that I can use to help others as well. So really looking forward to my growth with my man, Mark
0: England. Thanks for listening to The Break Plateau Show. If you like this episode, leave us a five-star review. Connect with us on Instagram at break.plateaus. And as always, head over to breakplateaus.com and get the show notes and more free resources.